everybody. Welcome to Punchlines. I am Frank Nicotero, a longtime comedian, a lifelong sports fan, and uh, I hope you won some money on Monday, uh, Monday making what? Money making Monday. Uh, Alex White gave out the under to the Penguins Flyers game last night, and that hit. So hopefully you made some money. But I don't know if your net worth is quite as much as this shot I'm going to show you right now. This is from the national championship game last night. Take a look at this skybox. Okay, nice job, Ryan. We have Spike Lee, Michael Jordan, Stephen A. Smith, Derek Jeter, Travis Scott. What are, what are we conservatively saying in that box? Billion and a half? At least a billion and a half. Because oh, yeah. Jordan's got a billion. Yeah, I mean, from those five, you're right. probably right there. And then yeah. all the other people that you can't really recognize. Right, right. We don't yeah, even know who's in the back. Probably clear. Travis over Scott that. is, I've read, because his, his, all his endorsements, like a hundred million. Jeter's got to be two or three hundred million. There's a million and a half. Stephen A. Smith gets paid a lot of money. That he does. I think like seven or ten million a year, right? Yeah, apparently he also makes has what a you book make. Now, exactly, so. right. It's right. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> and then Spike Lee's he's done some movies. Something. He's doing all right. So yeah. A lot of money in that box last night. Uh it's a total Tuesday. And on the show to give us some picks uh on the NFL. And he's also got some hoops picks tonight. Matt Neverett. Matt is joining us from the ballpark. Which ballpark is it here in Vegas? The Las Vegas ballpark. The Las Vegas over in, ballpark. Over in Summerlin, the west side of town. And the summer in the Summerlin area, which is where the aviators play, right? Yes. And you've been there many times. I work over there during the summer. You yeah. work over there during the summer. Yes. And and you also work over there. I understand it's the most you said it's the most beautiful minor league ballpark. Yeah. It, from the first year it was there. So 2018, 2019, 2020, I'm pretty sure it won the best ballpark in minor league baseball. Oh, really? And it opened. So it's only it's like within years. it's only been open six years or so? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I've said this to you before, and it's a shock. I've been to a thousand professional ball games in about 15 different cities. I've never been to a minor league game. So I'm excited to see the aviators this summer. Definitely a big upgrade from Cashman field. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cashman's still there, but there's soccer going on. Yes. Right? The Las Vegas lights play over there. So what happens when it gets super hot during these games for the minor league baseball team? You, all the games are at night. They're all at night, but still, it can still oh, be yeah. like a hundred degrees at night. Yeah. But there's no sun baking down on you. The sun goes away at night. Yeah. So okay, that's, right. that, that's how it works. <laughs> Hopefully, right. <laughs> hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, uh, but the baseball park that they're going to build where the Tropicana is for the Oakland A's coming in—that's going to have a retractable dome because they're going to have to play some day games. You're still thinking something's going to happen where that doesn't happen. I'm hoping something. You're hoping. I, there have been there's been so much that has been under the rug with that organization yeah. that <laughs> the fan base in Las Vegas already is fan bases of other teams from all over the country. Correct. If you're going to build a team here. You need to start it fresh. You yeah, can't move a team here because no one's going to cheer for the A's. Yeah. Because Raider games are a lot of Raider fans, but then it's usually a lot of yeah. the other team. Yeah. But it's a destination town. But yeah, I agree, baseball. And Oakland, uh, they belong there. All right. Uh, Matt Neverett will be here via the video, and he's coming to us live from the ballpark. And we have a major announcement to, to announce about Matt Neverett and South Point Studios. We're very excited. We'll wait till we have Matt on the video. We'll talk about it then. So uh, Matt's got some, he's got some picks, and I'll tell you the last couple college picks he's given out. Yeah, they've been spot on. He's hit. Yeah, Matt is a huge. The guy used to write tickets right down at the Westgate. Now uh, he's into play by play for UNLV. Does a lot of things. Jack of all trades, master of a few. So he's going to give out a couple picks. And yesterday Alex gave out a winner. I uh, gave out Rome Oduzen Oduze Odunze Odunze. I never get his name right. His total last night in the uh, championship game was 88 and a half yards. I don't know if you realized, but he is a Bishop Gorman alum. Oh, I didn't realize that, is he? Yep. Man, Bishop yep. Gorman's got it going on there, huh? Yep. 
Yeah, he might even be better than Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know. A lot of people going back and forth. Yeah, Harrison Jr., Neighbors, Odunze. Those are supposed to be the top three in the draft. So yeah. I'd be happy with any of them. So Odunze, his over number was 88 and a half. Yeah, 87 yeah, yards. That's, that's tough. 87 yards. Two and yards away. The, that one big play taken away. The one big play, too. I mean, and, and there was holding on it. And Oh, man. So yeah, <laughs> The one it. holding that gets called in the game. Yeah, and uh, Michigan didn't get called at all, right? Right. Yeah, because whatever. All right, but congratulations to the University of Michigan Wolverines. Dun, 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 dun. Good luck for you. Good, uh, good on you. Mm-hmm. Today is January 9th, 2024, and it's National Static Electricity Day. And I bring that up. I don't know if it's anyone else on the crew, but this dry desert air, I've never seen anything like it. Everything I touch, I'm, I'm getting shocked. Everything. Maybe I, I'm Shazam. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm a superhero. Maybe this is my origin story. Shazam! <laughs> But, uh, you know, if I walk on the carpet here at the hotel, as soon as I go to hit a button. So what I've learned to do now is I touch a wall before I touch anything metal. So I look very odd if you're following me around anywhere and at home. I'm just I, I'm constantly getting shocked. So I think they're changing the carpet in the in the casino. Have you noticed that they're changing it? Yeah. Like no. the, the other side of the property has newer carpet and then it's kind of oh, I have not making its way across the property. It's creeping in. Yeah. All right, no, I didn't notice that. I'll have to look out for the new carpet here at the South Point. This is the South Point Casino, ladies and gentlemen. We talk about it all the time. You and Alex White, who's our, our co-host on Mondays and Fridays, you guys stayed in the studio to watch a game last night. Yeah, more so forced to because somebody <laughs> stole the booth. He's bringing but it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. All right, we, uh, let's bring it up real quick. So we had a table reserved. Yes. I, I, I'm a little yes. under the weather. We, I was, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I was thinking about coming to watch a game here. I didn't. So yes. there was a sign on a table. Yes. Vinny, Vinny and Chris Nagel. were gracious enough to reserve a, a booth for right. us. Vinny, who was Vinny or Chris? Yeah. yeah. Vinny and Chris yeah. reserved Vinny, a booth yes. for us to watch the game. Yes. And what happened? And we get done with Sports by the Book yesterday afternoon, and Alex wanders out there, and she's like, there's somebody sitting at the table. So then I wander <laughs> out there, and I'm like, okay. So then I go to the back, and I walk back, and I'm like, hey, was there a reserved table sign here? Like, yeah. I don't care that you're here because you guys already have drinks, but like, if there was a sign, at least... Let us take it back so that way we can, can do we it. We have next our time. sign. Yeah. And they were like, no, there, there was no sign, no sign. And I was like, okay. And so then Vinny comes back in here after we turn the game right. on. He's, he's like, like, what are you guys why, doing? Yeah, in why here? are you guys not at the booth? And then he. The Vinny went to town. Vinny yeah. was going to go out. Yeah. But he was like, well, that ain't right. Had and to stop him. Them. Yeah, had to whoa, stop whoa, him. Whoa, like, Vinny, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got more monitors. We can turn the volume on whatever we want to. Like, we can stay in here. It's no it's problem. It's the principle. Yeah, but see, what bothers me is those guys think they got away with it. Yeah. Which they did, but it bothers me. I would have just kicked him out for five minutes, sat there, and then, and then <laughs> left. left. Yeah, and then left. <laughs> then been like, "Good, oh, take it, take my leftovers." Uh, yeah, <laughs> left uh, a funky yeah, smell, and then let him take it over. Do what? Again? <laughs> Leave a funky smell and let him take it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like mess it up. I don't know. Something. Anyway, anyway, the on. national championship game, the under hit, Michigan covered. Uh, there was one better I saw put fifty thousand on the game. He bet alternate lines minus the points Michigan. He won about a half million dollars. So I don't know. I think, you know, we were all rooting for Washington Kazan, our lovely director, bought us tickets for Christmas to win the national championship. We would have made a few bucks. So thank yeah. you, Ann. That was a gift they kept on giving until today. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, until it didn't. But it was a great route. I mean, that's why I was rooting for him. But Michigan's just a better team. And if you would have really said, like, Gundyer, they were the, that you knew they were going to win that game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I said that they were going to win yesterday. And then, did you? And you know how angry that offensive line must have been because Washington yeah. losing that Joe Moore award. Exactly. You know they were like, row, yeah, oh really? Away. Oh really? A Pac-12 team taking a Big Ten team? Yep. Big Ten is known for big guys up front. Yep. So yeah, they came out and played like that. They just looked so much bigger 
being like they really did. They dominated on every facet of the game. And I know Alex White had quorums. Not that they really had to throw the ball. But. Yeah, and Blake Quorum, he, he, and yeah. then Donovan. 100, 134 rushing yards for Quorum. And 103 or 105. 104, I think, right? Two, there. two runs over 40 yards. I mean, they yeah. just, they were the better team. And yet, Both Washington's still in yeah. it, still in it late. And then the pick. I mean, I don't know. It yeah. was, uh, wasn't a bad game. Wasn't a bad game. Wasn't TCU Georgia, you know, wasn't a blowout. Speaking of which, what's that? How would that Georgia Michigan game have gone? Yeah, different. Yeah. Just a little bit. That's a different brand of football in the SEC. And but you lose a title game, you can't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but if, it, if it's the argument of the best teams in college football, yeah. how are you going to hold out the team that won 29 straight? That's true. Because yeah. they lost their conference? Okay, that's a lazy argument. Yeah, Georgia-Michigan would have been a good game. I always feel like these teams should go play like on an, like, like, like a phone call, like, you want to see who's better? <laughs> and, they, you know, and they meet like at midnight to play a game yeah. just for, I don't know. Uh, the pop tart, there was no mat. The, the mouse guards weren't great, but you have an announcement about the pop tart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who else saw it, but there's two in a pack. <laughs> there's two in a pack, ladies and gentlemen. So, I don't know where our pop tart bowl is returning. Gone. No, they're they're over. Oh, there. Okay. I thought maybe someone ate them. Yeah. So what were they saying? There's two in a pack. Yeah, there's two. In, the they open up a pack. He eats one. He goes, "There's two in a pack." <laughs> and he starts running around. Opens another one. Goes to another person that's eating a pack. There's two in a pack. There's two in a pack. And then he goes into like the mascot room yep. and finds like the big thing of tinfoil. And there's only there's missing right so like so pop tart bowls coming back that will be the highest rated it bowl be game next year. it'll be higher rated than the national championship game because there's going to be two pop tart mascots <laughs> and they're going to have a year to come up with clever stuff so good on you pop tart bowl all right let's move on to frank or fiction we have the graphic and the music ready yet nope we're working on it we still haven't well we haven't come up and yeah, we haven't decided like, on the name what's that we haven't decided on the name i know what to we call like it. frank or fiction <coughs> what, what is it what is the chat like hmm what is the chat like the chat should vote today. Oh, the they'll, chat, be, yeah. they'll be a deciding factor. Oh, my computer. Uh, there we go. Who do we have on? You plug it in. Ryan looking sharp today. Well done, Joey B says. Thank Daniel you, Pacheco. B. Bob Iger was also in that luxury. Oh, God. Wait a second. Oh, so we're a little bit over $2 billion there. Do you remember yesterday when I talked about I have a, a best friend who went to Washington and another really good friend who went to Michigan, even though he went, or he went to Ohio State, but he's a Michigan fan? He was in that box. As, I, I can get confirmation later or tomorrow because if, if my buddy Ryan was his name is Ryan as well. His uh, wow. his wife is Bob Iger's number two, so he got to fly on the private jet wow. to Houston and sit in the box. Wow! He gets to go to every sporting event. So if he was in that box, Bob Iger himself is another billion. So that might be three billion. Daniel Pacheco, good stat. If he was in the back, that means my buddy was in a box with Michael Jordan because he did post a picture, my friend Ryan, of him and Desmond Howard. Again, Michigan fan who went to Ohio State, very strange. Obviously, he couldn't post pictures of Michael Jordan and all those guys. You know, they're, they're not, not real camera friendly. But if, I, if that's the same Iger box, oh, my God, my buddy was in that box. That's awesome. Oh, man. That's awesome. And, if, and if, by the way, if B-Town Dummy is watching, I just made him more angry. So I don't know. Is he on? We don't know. He might be drinking away his blues. Yeah, though. drowning in his sorrows. Yeah. We were chatting, we were texting the whole game, and you know, he's like, Look, we, we shouldn't even be here. We shouldn't be here. Kept having chances. We both had Odunze's over. I think he had Polk's over as well that Alex gave out. We had a yeah. couple bets going on, and he had Washington uh, money line to win that he put in. And uh, yeah, we all know how that worked out. So yeah. I don't think he's in. Nothing anyway, uh, that's enough for that. So that's enough of that. All right, moving on to um, Frank or Fiction. On this day in 1977, we got to talk about this since. The NFL playoffs are starting this weekend. Right down the street will be Super Bowl 58. 
And on this day in 1977, Super Bowl 11, 11. John Madden won the Super Bowl. So uh, some kids don't realize John Madden was actually a football coach. Uh, he's just a video game. 87. I think that is that Dave Casper possibly. Look yes. at Madden. Yes. Look at those, those polyester pants. No belt. That's Fran Tarkington keeping it close for the Viking. Look at those helmets. Those, there's no way those ever prevented one concussion or head injury. I miss this football. Oh, God, look at that. I wish. Knocked his helmet off. Tarkington was, uh, you know, when he retired, he was the all-time yards leader. Oh. That interception return. Is that, I, I want to say Willie Davis. There's a, NFL Films has a slow motion of him running the whole way <laughs> that my friend used to impersonate as soon as he picks that ball off. But, and then Madden gets carried off by, I, I, only, I can only assume it was big, strong linemen to carry him off. There it is. They're like, we better get, we better get two guys for this. 32-14. Uh, personally, personal note on that game, as the first football, first Super Bowl I remember watching. So I was like seven or eight years old. Uh, it was played in L.A. I currently lived in L.A. They had defeated the Steelers in the AFC Championship. That was maybe the best Steeler team. They had shut out like eight of their last 11 opponents. Best defense. They lost Franco Harris and Rocky Blair. Their two starter running backs didn't play in that game. And Oakland won. My uncle, Joey, the late uncle Joey, still thinks that game was fixed, that they wanted Oakland to win because they were tired of the Steelers. He's one of those, the NFL scripted. Um, but yeah, I remember why, <laughs> well, maybe. I remember watching that game. I remember coming into a room and my neighbor watching it, and I go, I'm rooting for Minnesota because Oakland beat my team, you know? So I remember watching that game. But John Madden. Um, I don't. You don't. No, you don't. You were negative 30. John Madden, uh, that's the only Super Bowl he won. He won 100 games in 10 years, quickest to win 100 games. And uh, yeah, it was in Pasadena. Here's what I found funny. The halftime shows, they weren't that big back then. It was uh, produced by Disney and was based on it's a small world attraction at Disneyland. Disney mentioned. <laughs> Magic go. Kingdom. And the cast members are the new Mickey Mouse Club. So it's, it's a bit different now, isn't it? Yeah. Mickey yeah. Mouse. Although I would almost want to say, I mean, Usher. Mickey, yeah. Is, is Usher really the, that's the best we could do? Yeah. For Vegas? Taylor didn't want to do it. They asked her. I'm sure they've always asked. There's a lot yeah. of people I would have taken ahead of Usher. All right. Uh, also, the commercials were $125,000 for a 30-second spot. I think now they go for $5 million. Yeah. For 30 seconds. For 30 seconds, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's uh, talk about money. Let's, uh, let's move on here and talk about ticket prices. Now, Ryan sent me this story last night and said, take a look at this. If you had to guess right now, ladies and gentlemen watching in the live comments, what city do you think has the highest price ticket for the playoff games? Maybe you're thinking KC, defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, maybe Buffalo, because it's a great football town. Maybe Dallas, they got oil money. Got what oil city money. is it? They got oil money, Dallas. What city is it? Detroit. Detroit, I guess it's because they haven't been in the playoffs for, what, 30 years or whatever? Yeah, that combined with Stafford's return. I mean, if the Rams go in there and win, which I don't think they will, I think the fans will actually be supportive. Give a little love. I know, McVay, you can't underestimate McVay. Plus, can't. McVay knows Goff's weaknesses, right? It, not only that, but Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, and, my, and Matt Stafford on the field at the same time has been the best offense in the NFL this year. So, can Nakua, Detroit keep up is, is going to be the question. Nakua, Nakua, what, what a find. Yep. And went to, went to UW, by the way. And then went to BYU. Fifth round pick? Fifth round pick. 
sets every record. I mean, unbelievable. That that's going to be a great game. And that that game is um, when is that game? Is that Sunday? I keep um, kidding. Yeah, that's the Sunday night game. So after the Steelers win and the Cowboys win, the Lions win. All right, we got some comments here. Frank's Frank, so Parles in the box with a single dollar bill. <laughs> I knew that was Joey B without even seeing. Uh, have a friend. I have a friend that. Joey B says, start a new segment that says, I have a friend that. You know, when you've lived as long as I have and rubbed elbows with as many celebrities, I have stories for everything and everybody. Frank's got friends. What's that? Frank's got friends. Frank's got friends. There's the segment. Do I have any friends in Vegas besides the people I work with? No, but I have friends all over the country. Bob Zaney. Bob Zaney. <laughs> Bob Zaney. I got Butch Bradley. You're right. He lives in town. I got comedian friends. Uh, Lucky Man likes Dallas. Frank Mergy likes Detroit. Well, we asked them where they thought the tickets were. Oh, where they thought the tickets were. I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, it's Detroit. Believe it or not. Show the graphic. Do we have the graphic we can put up? She put she put it up, yeah. Oh, is it up? Yeah. All right. So there we go. Thanks, Ed. Um, the cheapest ticket is $552. Most expensive. Oh, most expensive. Is, is 480 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Into that, yeah. From Rovell. Yeah. He said the cheapest ticket into that game yesterday was 552 It's moved down since then, and now it's 480 The number's gone on, down. Yeah, People on, are betting on, on the ticket over. master. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's like looking at lines here at the South Point Casino Sportsbook. But, you know, I'm just shocked at the, um, I was shocked at first to see the Kansas City tickets, only $70, yes. the cheapest ticket. Then I was reminded as what uh, reminded by Chris Andrews yesterday when he looked at his phone and the weather, the high, uh, the, the low is two degrees. The high is two. The high, no, I thought it was the lowest. It's like, it might be double. Oh, the wind chill. The yeah, wind, the wind chill. Yeah, the wind anyway, chill. Okay. the NFL goes, yeah, let's look at the weather. Uh, let's make that game. Let's make that game Saturday night. Let's make it as cold. And here's the, here's the thing. The line is minus three. So is the temperature. Boom. There you go. Tweet that out. It works. <laughs> that worked right now. <laughs> What's the over under 45? You're not seeing that. You're not seeing that temperature. But I was a little surprised. I don't know. that. That's the cheapest ticket, 70 bucks. You're the defending champs. Taylor Swift's going to come out and do a song at halftime. Is that right? Yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. In that weather? Yeah. Cruel summer. More like cruel winter. Yeah. I don't know. That's 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 uh, that's cheap ticket. But Detroit, I mean, I can see. You know, you're clamoring in Detroit. What a weekend. What a week for Michigan sports fans. Yep. Could they actually see the Michigan Wolverines win a national championship? They saw the Pistons win a game a couple weeks ago, and now could the Detroit Lions win a playoff game? I like the Rams. Look, I lived in L.A. for a long time. I always liked the Rams. I'm rooting for Detroit because when I was a kid, Detroit was my NFC team. So go Lions. Plus, I have a futures yeah, bet. Yeah, I was going to say that. Which will pay quite handsomely. Should I tell you what my futures bet is? Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx it. Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't tell you mine. I'll just stack those bills. Let me just say, if I hit that, that I'll be in that box with Travis Scott and Michael Jordan. All right. And all those guys, yeah. So it'll be a billion and a half dollars and 100 or something, yeah. All right. Detroit Lions, go fans, get your tickets. I mean, that ticket's hotter than Arthur Smith yelling at Dennis Allen this past Sunday. Arthur Smith lost his job. Yes, he did. <laughs> he fired him. Yes, he did. Yeah, Falcons kind of underachieved. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, saw my tweet, but he decided, Arthur Smith decided to have no dignity in his final moments as, a Fal as the Falcons right? head coach. Jameis Winston had the best comment of. Oh, what the, did he say after he Dennis Jameis Winston called the play? Yeah, it didn't come from yeah, head coach. He said it was a team. And you know that's what he was telling us. Yeah. He's like, bro, I didn't call it. Yeah. Well, in, in the locker room after the game, the post game pressers or whatever, he got asked, "Is this the kind of play that gets forgotten right. in history? Like it doesn't matter?" He said, "I would hope it gets forgotten because it was forty one seventeen 
before that. So yeah. <laughs> what did that extra score matter? Yeah. Like, if you're going to make the stop. But whoever the announcer was on the, the game, because I was... A quarter ago. Yeah, I was bouncing around. Hey, stop us. Yeah. You know? But in all honesty, you kneel on the ball there. Division rival? Why not? Well, you bring up a good point there. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Uh, on this day in sports history. Now, we were just talking about the Falcons and Saints. We're talking about Dennis Allen, how the Saints ran up the score. In 1967, on this day, January 9th, the uh, NFL announced that the New Orleans Saints would be named the Saints. Yes. I don't know what the other names were in consideration, but... Uh, what happened was November 1st, 1966 is when they said, uh, let's announce that New Orleans is getting the city or is getting the team. And November 1st is All Saints Day in the Catholic Church. So right there is when they should have known that they were going to call them the Saints. But anyway, uh, they didn't announce it till today that they called them the Saints. And I love this, uh, this quote. Um, Our Heavenly Father has instructed us the Saints by faith conquered kingdoms and overcame lions. <laughs> and uh, but also hopefully they can beat Bears, Rams, and Giants, and even those awesome people in Green Bay. Sucks. <laughs> now they have a mascot too. Uh, can you go back to that? I'm sorry, Ian. They actually have a mascot, which I wasn't aware of. Did you know they have a mas a dog named Gumbo? No, but that's, that's I did not know good. about this. Pretty fitting. Yeah, there's Gumbo the dog. So originally you can see it's in black and white, so you know it's old. They had a Saint Bernard because the Saint Bernard Parish parishes in Louisiana are like counties. So Saint Bernard Parish. Uh, so they went with a St. Bernard, genius. And his name was Gumbo, which is named after the delicious dish you can get in New Orleans. And then they've gone through a few incarnations. There's the one with, uh, I don't know what happened to his jaw there. It looks like he got stung by a bunch of wasps. <laughs> I like the new one. I like the dog. Gumbo the dog. I, I, they, said, they said, oh, you can frequently see Gumbo standing under the goalpost celebrating. I said, I've never seen Gumbo. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen him. I think this is a conspiracy theory like those. It might uh, be like the Colts mascot where he's every kick. Yeah, right. The goalposts. So yeah, right. Maybe we just haven't been paying attention. I've never seen Gumbo the dog. I've never noticed Gumbo the dog. I don't even know if he exists. This could be a conspiracy uh, like those um, those shadow walkers in the Miami mall. Did you, you see that last week? You probably, oh, I did see that. Yeah, in Miami. <laughs> you probably couldn't see it, but in that news article, it was saying $5 yeah, ticket cost per game. $5 for a ticket in New Orleans. Yeah. To your right. Ah, the good old days. And they were terrible. They were terrible for years. I mean, fans used to go to the games and put helmets or put ba bags over their head. Said the Aints. Their yeah. first quarterback was not uh, Peyton Manning. It wasn't uh, Archie Manning. It was Billy Kilmer, who I had his football card with the Redskins when I was a kid. And he just had a helmet that barely fit his head with that single crossbar. There's no way that protected you from anything. You would have probably been better off with no helmet. All right. Um, oh, we got to go to my man, my man, Muggsy Bogues. Happy birthday. We're going to do this quickly, and then we'll get mad on. Happy birthday to Muggsy Bogues. Tyrone Curtis Muggsy Bogues uh, is a former American national, uh, former bas basketball player. Muggsy Bogues was five feet, three inches. I am actually towering over Muggsy Bogues by a good four inches. <laughs> Tower. Playing the NBA for six seasons. And he also blocked a shot by Patrick Ewing with seven feet. Look at little Muggsy. Look at him block Patrick Ewing. Just wow. get up. Get Look that up. shot out of here. It looks like, get that shot out of here. It looks like one of the kids, like, you know, one of the players' kids got loose on the court. There's Muggsy. Muggsy is uh, 59 years old or 56 years old. 59 years old to Muggsy Bogues. Again, I remember him and Spud Webb. So when I was a kid and I was coming up playing ball, I'm like, man, I can be like Spud and Muggsy. No, I couldn't. I, did you notice that I put the, uh, the Space Jam monster? 
<laughs> I missed it. I was looking down. No, I didn't. Oh, there you <laughs> Space Jam. The Space Jam monster is almost bigger than Muggsy. Monstars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Muggsy's team, the Toronto Raptors, who played for the Raptors, are playing tonight, getting five and a half points against the Lakers. Take the points. The Lakers don't cover. Reno Paul, I'm sorry to say it. I know he'll be all over that. He might be in physical therapy today, but... Yeah, thoughts on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel going after Aaron Rodgers, good. Aaron Rodgers is crazy. Uh, <laughs> did, you see, did you see Joey B? If Punchlines had a mascot, what would that be? Oh, what would our mascot be? I know, it's got to be something Vegas-themed, right? Yeah, give us a day to think about that. Oh, yeah, we we'll need a mascot. We'll come up with it. Joey B, genius. <laughs> we need to create a mascot. All right, we'll get back to the last two. Uh, we'll do a couple more uh, Frank's. Factor fiction or hot takes, whatever we're calling it anymore. We got a guy. Oh, I got to grab my headset. No fumbling. Oh, I'm not in. Look at that. New year, new me. No fumbling for headphones. This gentleman right here has been on the show many times. We're very excited to have him live from the ballpark. It's Matt Neverett. Matt, what's happening, buddy? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I, I want to say you guys already do have a, a pretty darn good mascot, and he's uh, just off to the right of me on the screen. Wait, what? Who? R Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, with, for the dolls, when, when we when we make the dolls and, and and merchandise them, glasses on, glasses off, suit tie. I don't know. Uh, we could. Have I would say has to be glasses on. That's non-negotiable. The uh, the clothing we can we can negotiate that. <laughs> like, be like a Barbie doll. Yeah, I was gonna say like a Barbie doll <laughs> yeah. or a Mr. Potato Head. You can interchange parts. You can put the glasses on. You can have them off. Tie on, tie off. You might be onto something there. Matt's a marketing genius. It's either it's either a suit and tie or a Daniel Bellinger jersey. No, nothing in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, his there friend go. Daniel. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So I go, hey, can we get Daniel on the show? He goes, um, he didn't get back to me. So again, we don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send him this. You're gonna have to say, oh no, Daniel, please, Daniel, we'd love to have you on the show. So Matt, what's cooking over there at the stadium? Tell us about where you are right now. Obviously, you're not out in the uh, desert. So. <laughs> no, as much as I would like to be, oh, uh, I had to find a nice little backdrop for you guys. Yeah, I'm over at the Las Vegas ballpark. Uh, probably 20 minutes from where you guys currently are at the South Point out on the west end of town up here in downtown Summerlin. AAA uh, home of the Las Vegas Aviators, the Oakland Athletics AAA affiliate. And uh, I, I would have had the field in the background, but I'm looking out there right now. And uh, you guys got a chance to come out to enchant the Christmas light show. And they're uh, currently breaking down. They've got five more days to pack up and get out of here. So right now it's, it's an active construction site out there. I don't think anybody wants to look at that. Now, uh, Ryan's telling me, uh, this is hard to believe. You know I'm a big baseball fan like yourself. I have never been to a minor league baseball game. I've been to over 1,000 major league games, for sure. Over 1,000, probably 15 different stadiums, maybe 20. I've never been to a minor league stadium. Every time I was in a town that had one, they were on the road. It was just like unbelievably, uh, it was crazy how every time, uh, Frederick, Maryland, they're, they're, the Orioles, I missed the game by a day. All these cities I've been to, I'm coming out, though, because Ryan said, They've been voted like the best ballpark three years, three, three, four times. I don't know. Yep. And then the oh, absolutely. And yeah, what a, what a charmed life you live, Frank Nicotero. Most <laughs> of the time it is uh, by far the other way around. A lot of minor league games and no big league games. But yeah, if, if you're going to come to your first minor league game, this is the, the place to do it. It's by far the best ballpark in the minor leagues. And uh, I, I've worked and been to enough of them to know over the years. Uh, I've been in, involved in baseball my whole life through my dad. And uh, just the, the amenities and some of the stuff for the players. And I mean, the video board alone out here, it's the biggest video board in the minor leagues. It's oh, bigger wow. than, I think, now six or seven major league video boards. Uh, and we do a lot of really cool stuff with it. So it is minor league baseball, but we do it about as close to the major leagues as you get. 
And Matt, help clarify this for me. If the Oakland A's definitely move here, I guess it's official. They're never going to play there as a temporary home, right? Because it's too small, majorly. I guess it would conflict. There's no chance of that, right? Or is that is that a rumor? I mean, I, I've heard a little bit of everything and a little bit of nothing. I, right. I will say, you know, we are affiliated with Oakland, but we're not owned by Oakland. So okay. truth be told, I don't know any information any insider stuff that you wouldn't know or wouldn't be able to look up yourself. So, I mean, I can just tell you from from what I'm hearing and from what's kind of been thrown around there, I don't know. <laughs> because um, there has been people saying definitely yes. People, a lot of people have been saying definitely no. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that with the A's, you know, it, it looks like they are coming to Las Vegas. It's just a matter of how, where, and when. Uh, 2028 is the absolute earliest that they will be out here full-time. So between now and then, who knows what, what, what they're going to do. I mean, as of right now, they are in the Coliseum for this year in Oakland, and that's about the only thing that's been confirmed. So that's that's really all that I know. Um, Major League Baseball's already made a lot of concessions as far as Oakland wanting to move out here, and they've already done a lot of unprecedented things that have upset some people. So nothing really is off the table, and nothing really would surprise me at this point. And uh, the 25-man roster plus coaches, that might be the only people in the, in the stadium in Oakland this year because the fans are going to boycott hard. I already read that they're talking about having this huge tailgate party on opening day but not going into the game. So it's really sad because, I mean, you know, the Oakland A's in the early 70s, they rattled off three world championships. And then, of course, you had the Bash Brothers and a small market team. Billy Bean always run very well. So I wish him the best. I mean, Ryan does not want them in Vegas. He wants to start from scratch like we did with the Knights here. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I knew he was going to chime in. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Good luck. All right. So listen, let's shift gears here. I'm burying the lead a little bit here. I said we had a major announcement to uh, announce about Matt Neverett. Uh, starting uh, next week, Sports by the Book, our show that's great with Jeff Parles and, and the whole crew, Chris and Vinny and Alex, is expanding to seven days. Now, we got to give Jeff some time to rest. Jeff cannot do seven days, even though he has the knowledge and ability to do so. Matt, you are going to come in and you're going to be hosting a couple days a week on Sports by the Book. So Matt is officially a member of yeah, the South Point Studios yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay! Hurrah! Huzzah! Huzzah! Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And Sports by the Book, man, so we know that you're a numbers guy, too. And uh, we're really excited to have you here. So uh, you start next week. Yeah, yeah, really excited. Uh, happy that, that Chris and Vinny and the gang all uh, trusted me enough to uh, to let me uh, tamper with the airwaves for a little bit. And well, uh, I've, yeah. I've always enjoyed working with Alex and Vinny and Chris going back to my days at uh, at Vizen, going back to my days at the uh, the Westgate Superbook. And then I work with Alex almost every night over here at the ballpark. She's one of our on-field MCs uh, for the Aviators, and I'm one of the radio broadcasters. So me and Alex yeah. have a great on-air rapport already. And uh, awesome. yeah, we're ready to, ready to get going. Excited. Hey, and Jerry, you have that the, the whiteboard with the four-letter words that are uh, being said on the show. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, mark one down yeah, for Matt. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt just Matt. said a four-letter word that he's not supposed to say on the show. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it in the uh, swear jar. <laughs> so we're going to mark that down. Uh, Chris Newberg is up, still on the lead. So listen, um, we teased this at the top of the show. Uh, you're a college basketball guy. I think the last couple times you've been on the show, you've been doling out winners left and right. So uh, I know we got a lot of people watching. By the way, Mini Dar said, make it Frank's takes. Well, we had Frank's fast takes. Uh, and also points out that Spud Webb and Manute Bowl did play for the Washington Bullets at the same time. Ryan, if you're able to pull up a picture of, uh, of Spud Webb and Manute Bowl next to each other, that'd be great. There is one picture that immediately yeah. popped into my head. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if, yeah. If, if Ryan pulls up the one that we're thinking of, it is one of the best pictures in sports just to show the difference between, you know, two guys that played the sport at a very high level and how different they looked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like me standing next to anybody else in showbiz. Anyway, uh, Matt, so I got the college uh, basketball sheet here. I see that my Pitt Panthers 
who I have a futures bet to win the national championship, which won't happen. There's the picture right there. Hold on. We're seeing it now. There it is. Spud Webb. <laughs> Ball. It is just such an odd picture. Spud Webb's looking the other direction. Manute Ball is looking for his next block shot. But we're talking 7-7 seven, seven and 5-5 five, five there, I think, right? Crazy. Something like that. So anyway, uh, what are your games? What are you looking at here on the college basketball slate tonight? I know in the live uh, chat room right now, people are wondering what you got. Well, I'm going super top-heavy tonight. I've got the number one and the number two team in the country on my uh, on my slate tonight. First off, we'll start right at the top with number one, Purdue. They're on the road in Lincoln taking on Nebraska as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. And you look at this number and you look at this game on paper, Purdue comes in 14-1. and one. They're up against a 12-3 and three Nebraska team. Now, that's one of the best starts for the Cornhuskers in a long time. But when you break down that 12-3 that and three record, it includes two games against ranked teams, not even, you know, top 10, top 5 against ranked teams at all. They took on Creighton, and then in their most recent game, they lost to Wisconsin. They've lost both of their games against ranked opponents, and it's been by an average of 22.5 points per game. So they don't just lose to ranked teams. They get thumped. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of that 12 and three record comes because their non-conference schedule was ranked 335th. That's out of 362 in terms of uh, strength of schedule difficulty. So they played all cupcakes and have gotten uh, just walloped in both of their opportunities against ranked teams. You couple that with the fact that not only has Purdue won 14 of their 15 games this year, they have dominated. Their average margin of victory is 17 and a half points. And that comes against the 13th toughest schedule in the country. So they've performed and then some against really tough opponents. And Nebraska has really wilted uh, against some top opponents. So I'm on the number one Boilermakers uh, laying seven and a half. I might take a look at that one uh, before it gets to eight. That one may be a game where, where free throws get you at the end. But I think Purdue has enough to... Uh, to really push it over the line for that big number. And then a game featuring the number two team in the country that's got a pretty small line. I, I like number two, Houston. Again, on the road, they're taking on Iowa State, who's actually beaten them the last two times that these two have played. Uh, Houston comes into this one with the Laurel. They're the only undefeated team in the in the NCAA uh, because they're the, the top defense in, in the NCAA. They are, they are phenomenal at stopping the ball. Uh, Kevin Sampson's got his team ready to go uh, basically anywhere. Defense always travels, so I think they're going to do a good job tonight uh, against the Cyclones, who's only win against a power six opponent came against Iowa in a rivalry game. They're another team that has really not played anybody and has had a really soft uh, strength of schedule thus far. And Houston only laying two and a half. I take a look at Houston with the spread and the money line. I like two and a half, but if you want to take some of the guesswork out, maybe a free throw or two late, just lay the 140. Uh, I really like that. And then my last one for you guys is a matchup of two ranked teams. It's actually my favorite game of the night, just in terms of entertainment value, really no, um, hmm rooting interest either way in this one, but it's going to be a really fun game as uh, BYU, who's been really, really fun to watch. They're the top three-point shooting team by volume in the country. They come in at number 18, traveling to Waco to take on Baylor, who's number 14. Uh, the, the Bears laying four points in this one. And I mentioned BYU with the top three-point shooting team by volume. Well, Baylor's the top three-point shooting team in terms of efficiency. you got the most three-pointers made per game versus the best three-point percentage in the country. So this one should be tight. It is the first Big 12 uh, home game for for Baylor in their brand new uh, 260 some odd million dollar arena that just opened up this year. So it's going to be a, a home court advantage. And normally, 
it's not a huge uh, handicap for me as far as home court outside of certain games, but Baylor has not lost a game in this arena yet. They're 8-0 at home. BYU has played one road game this year, one true roadie this year, and they lost uh, in the Holy War against Utah in, in Salt Lake City. So definite home court advantage for Baylor in this one. Uh, BYU sixth in the country in scoring. Baylor seventh in the country in scoring. So it's two pretty evenly matched teams, but I think Baylor on the defensive end can do just enough to disrupt BYU, who's coming off of a loss against Cincinnati. Um, again, I like the Bears. If I got it at four. It's trending to four and a half. See if you can get a, get at this one uh, before it gets to five. I, li- I like Baylor for sure. All right, that's great. So Baylor's nine and three, nine three and one against the spread. Purdue ten four and one against the spread. So these are teams that are that are covering the numbers, which we like. There's a parlay. There, there's Matt's parlay right there, baby. Uh, take a look. And I don't, I don't necessarily advocate for a parlay, but if you want to lay all three of these money lines, that might might be a nice little uh, yeah. three leg get you to get you to some some plus money for sure. Now, what started your love of college basketball? Who? What are the teams you remember cheering for as a kid? Who were you? You, you love college basketball more than anybody. Uh, on the studio here, so or in the studio. So, what what started your love? Well, I grew up uh, in in Las Vegas. My dad used to to broadcast just about every minor league college <laughs> event, any any event back in the day, sporting wise that came to Vegas. My dad was involved with either uh, broadcasting or on the, uh, the 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 planning side. He was involved in bringing a lot of kind of random tournaments and events to Vegas. So, I was always going to games growing up, and I remember. Um, you know, I'm a little later than the Jerry Tarkanian days, but I remember going to UNLV games in the late 90s, the early 2000s, and with a sold-out Thomas and Mack Center and just the, the Mountain West, even back then, uh, when it was just getting going as a, as a, a conference at the D1 level, uh, it j- just so fun. And there, there's just something about college basketball that's so different, not only than professional basketball. You talked about the divide between college football and NCAA, or in NFL football, rather, and there is a big difference. But just the the divide between college basketball and any other sport is just so fun in terms of the passion. The student sections get into it, and they're in such close proximity that it's just so fun to watch. And for someone like me who has worked in in sports, I've worked in sports betting. I've worked on both ends of the counter in sports betting media. It's it's the number one sport where numbers really yeah. really matter i mean it, it obviously matters in in every sport but there are just so many games so many teams to handicap that uh you physically cannot handicap every single team like you can in the nfl or even in college football you know you handicap the top 100 teams or whatever that matter that you're going to bet on college basketball you're betting numbers way more often than you're betting personnel than you're betting storylines and and that says something because i'm not a math guy i i as soon as they started adding letters into math in school, that was that was it for me. I was <laughs> I out. Say, um, I've said that exact same line. As soon as you throw a letter in there, I'm done. Like algebra, yeah, I could grasp a little geometry. Forget it. Shapes, no way. And by the way, have I needed no any of that in my life? No, that didn't need any. No, exactly, exactly. But I mean. And, 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 Case in point, it should mean something coming from somebody like me who <laughs> despises math, is not good at it in any sense. But I love, love, love the numbers element of college basketball. Yeah, it's it's true. Matt, I've got to ask about the home team. The running rebels are hosting yeah, the I was Mexico gonna, I Lobos. Was go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're thirteen Lobos are thirteen and two, but they're also a two and a half point favorite on the road in UNLV. So what do you what do you think happens there tonight? Yeah, I'll be I'll be in the arena tonight at Thomas and Mac as a, as a fan for once. I, I call some of the games, but once the conference slates start, um, national television comes in and picks up all of them. So I'm relegated to a low a lowly fan who happens to get in, get in for free with a with a media pass. So I'll be there tonight. Um, New Mexico is a really tough team. I did call a game actually for them on the radio uh, earlier this year. There was a, a scheduling conflict because their uh, announcer does the uh, New Mexico football team as well. So I got to see New Mexico up close and personal. 
And they are a really, really skilled group. Rich Patino, son of Rick, is the coach. And uh, he's done a great job of recruiting some really good individual talents. He's got Jamal Mashburn Jr., the, the, oh, the namesake wow. of Jamal Mashburn. He's got Jalen House, Eddie House's kid, uh, is a, a freshman named o, or, uh, JP, JT Toppin. I almost said Obi Toppin. No, oh, no yeah, relation. Right. <laughs> Plays a similar position, though, as a, as a pretty big four that, that, that can stretch it a little bit. Um, and they've got some really good individual talent. The issue is, and it was exposed in their loss against Colorado State the last time out, is they've got all these talented players. They don't run a lot of sets. It's a lot of ISO. It's a lot of NBA style where it's, hey, you know, you get the ball into the hands of a skilled playmaker in a matchup that they like, and they let them go one-on-one. And if it works out, whatever. If it doesn't, you know, that can kind of lead to some, some inefficient offense overall. And I think a team like Colorado State exposed some of the flaws for the Lobos. And for, for UNLV, a, a, a tragic injury, Jalen Hill, who had just returned uh, from a broken wrist, he had missed, I think, six or seven games, uh, tore his ACL 17 minutes into the game the other night against San Diego State. He's out for the year, local kid, uh, going to apply for a, a medical redshirt to try to come back for one more year next year. But uh, this is a, a short line on paper, and I don't know how much that Hill handicap is uh, is factored in. Uh, this is a New Mexico team that is really guard-heavy in terms of their top-tier talent. And uh, for UNLV, that, that does play better into their style of play and their personnel right now than a lot of other teams. They're, they're a, a taller team this year uh, than they have been in years past. Keep an eye on both Boone brothers. Keelan and Caleb <laughs> Boone are really having an impact. Keelan was ineligible after transferring for a second time. And right before the win against Creighton uh, about a month ago, just over a month ago, he was deemed eligible one of the guys that that judge in West Virginia got a lot of uh, fruit baskets from for, for Christmas from a lot of these guys. Uh, but he's he's made a major, major, major impact since he's come in. You know, you got two six foot nine brothers who can jump, who can both shoot, who can both play really solid defense. It, it gives them an advantage in the front court. But I think New Mexico, in terms of what they offer around the perimeter and on the defensive end from the guard play, I, this is a really solid team. Th- this should be a fun game. I really think it's going to be a, a high scoring one as well. Now, I got to say, uh, He's starting to rival Spencer McLaughlin here. I think Matt is is going is trying to take Spencer's title away from having the most names and numbers and stats prepared from a show. By the way, not prepared. We threw him a curveball. We, he didn't know we were going to ask about that game tonight. Yes, he does play by play, which he did a great job on the game you sent us the link to. By the way, uh, Matt, multi talented guy. Yeah, outstanding job. And Parles did a G League game. A lot of talent here in the South Point. And then I just go and do uh, jokes on, on stage. But. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, honestly, that that was outstanding. And by the way, we could call that Matt Stats. There's a whole new term, Matt Stats. There you go. I stole that from Frank Mergy, who sent that idea in. Who, by the way, came up with an idea for my my my. Did you see my segment? Yes. I think we got to do it. Big Nick Energy for Nick. <laughs> I like it. Big Nick Energy. Yeah. And 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 and's oh and shaking her head. Do you get it? It's the kids. They that's there's got, this that's term. got theme music with it. Oh yeah, it does. What is it? Do it. Oh, I know which one. Yeah. Um, Frank or fiction is this a favorite so far from Lucky Man? Uh, Big Nick Energy. I like that so much. Uh, (laughs) So, Matt, a question before we talk about the NFL playoffs. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What are your goals to be like? Do you want to do pro announcing for any sport, for baseball in particular? Ideally, I'd like to do baseball. It's Mm -hmm. what I have the most, uh, I would say the the second most experience solely because I, I played through college. Um, I've got the most experience doing basketball, actually. I was fortunate enough when my dad got hired by the Pirates in 2009, we moved from, from Denver to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh, and, Jerry, uh, Pittsburgh. 
Thank you. Got it. Ding. Got it. Um, that, that, that makes up for my up. other uh, yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. yeah, it's fine. You're good. We're, we're, we're dead even You're now. Fine. But uh, I was fortunate enough to where I went to a high school that had a local uh, cable TV station. And I kind of had had the interest already, obviously, of getting involved in sports casting. But as a you know, a 15-year-old, you don't have any options. You can't get on TV. You can't get on the radio. So when I was uh, offered an opportunity to jump in right away, it was really exciting. And I got I got into it right off the bat. I mean, I was calling women's basketball at 15 on television. I don't no know many way. people that are that are able to say that. So I, I've got the most experience doing basketball, but baseball's uh, my, my number one. Uh, what, what I ideally would like to do, uh, uh, similar to what, if you know the name Dave O'Brien with the Red sure. Sox, yeah. what, what he has, you know, he's, he's the lead TV play-by-play announcer for the Boston Red Sox, has been for quite some time. He's one of my idols in the in the space. Got to meet him and hang out with him a lot when my dad was with the Red Sox. He's one of the best guys in the world. So, you know, he does that. And then he does a lot of college football, and, or some college football, a lot of college basketball in the offseason. And you can put together a great living doing that. And uh, I, ideally, I just w- would like to be doing that, you know. It would be okay. fun, and it gives you the, the option to be able to come and do fun stuff like this. Host shows, come on as a guest. I, I love just... Being able to, to talk sports. I've got other interests, but sports is one of the very, very few <laughs> things that I, I am, am decent at in life, and it's uh, all, right, all right to talk about. And he mentioned one of his idols, and I hope I don't embarrass Matt, but he had texted me saying that I was also one of his idols at one point. So of course. Like, I mean, Even though you are a, a tiger from North Allegheny High School, <laughs> and us Pine Ridge, some Rams don't always get along. Uh, but. Big rivalry. We had a TV studio there that I, that I learned a lot of stuff in at North Allegheny, so kudos to Western PA and their TV studios that gave us shots at a young age. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. That's really crazy that we're, we went to high schools right down the street from each other. So listen, let's talk about the NFL playoffs. So the early game, Cleveland and Texas, and then Miami and KC. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the temperature is going to be like two degrees. In Can- Actually, the line is KC minus three. That's going to be close to the temperature as well. And then Cleveland and Joe Flacco traveling to Houston, where Houston squeaked in. But Cleveland is a favorite on the road. So what are you, uh, what are you thinking about those two games there? And you're a Patriots fan. Uh, maybe we should address that first. Is Mike Vrabel the next coach there or what? Oh, God, yeah, I would really like that. Yeah, um, it seems I, like he's, he, he obviously is going to be the most coveted coach for any of these openings. He yeah. could basically pick a pick a team and say, I'm, I'm coming. And they'll go, all right, how much do you want? Right. Um, I I would like that. From, from what I've seen, at least over the last couple of days and from a lot of the stuff that Bill Belichick has been saying, you know, he's obviously very, very quiet to, to the media typically. But some of the, uh, you know, Bites from his press conferences over the last couple of days, couple of weeks, I think have been kind of telling just as someone who's followed him for my entire life. I, I think what he'd like is to stay on as the coach and have them hire a new GM, which I think makes sense in the yeah. modern day NFL. I think you have to have a one in a million situation in, in the modern game to have a coach and a GM and be able to do it both successfully. Case in point, Bill O'Brien with the Texans when he was their coach. <laughs> He was also the GM. Yeah. Great coach, horrible, awful, yeah. terrible GM. Bad and I, it is just hard to do, and you need outside input. And that's becoming more and more evident the more of those types that had failed. So I'd love to have Mike Vrabel. But if you want to tell me that Bill Belichick wants to coach and just coach for two more years, let somebody else take care of player personnel and other you know GM-type issues, I would be just fine with that yeah. and kind of hand the reins off to either Vrabel or Josh McDaniel or, you know, whoever's available in those you two years. You would not want Josh, Josh McDaniel. McDaniel back. You do not want Josh McDaniel back there. Come on. If there's one place that you want Josh McDaniel, it's it's there. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not I in the say. head coach's seat. <laughs> well, he's saying GM. He's saying let him GM, right? Are you saying Belichick coaches 
And Josh no, McDaniel, he's, he's saying McDaniel no, takes no, over no, no, no. Like, in like when two years. Belichick in like two retires. years, when well, when, yeah. when Belichick, you know, this is a this is a very very hypothetical. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. yes. All right. I'm just posturing because I'm not used to it to a four win season. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Cleveland, Texas, and one Miami KC. Is. What's that? Right? I said one of us is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Bears. God, um, my heart. My heart I didn't need to say the team. Oh, I'm sorry. Why? Well, you're everyone knows you're a Bears fan. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you didn't need in these in these two matchups though. I love Houston and I love KC and I think I, with with KC get the line early. I'm going with with both home teams. I'm seeing some books, especially in the offshore markets, going up to four and a half, approaching five already for We're Kansas City. Here. Really? Yeah, and I mean Kansas City is is a or rather Miami is not a team that travels to cold weather well. No, we they are the most beat up of any of the playoff teams in terms of injuries and guys just playing at under 100. percent So I I like Kansas City and I say get it early and if it gets to six, that's a perfect tease leg. I love it as a teaser leg if it gets to six. Now with Houston, they are the most confident I would say of all these AFC playoff teams coming in. They have momentum. They are going against a a, a Cleveland team that. Was in a rare position week 18. They are not used to being able to rest starters. And I, I think that the momentum that Houston is carrying into this matchup, especially playing as the early game, which if you looked preseason, Houston had more early slot games than any team in the NFL by a couple of games. So this is a, a time slot that they are the most familiar team in the NFL with. And I think that a little bit of the disrespect playing at home against this Cleveland team that hasn't done whatever and however long. I think that Houston, in terms of bulletin board material, has everything to work with. And I really like them on the, on the money line. And like I said, if this game gets to, or rather if the other game gets to Kansas City minus six, I would think about a Chiefs-Texans tease. Oh, Ryan, what do you think on these early games? Houston being a favorite on the road. Or I mean, uh, Cleveland being a favorite on the road. I... I personally like Cleveland. I think everybody's riding high with Houston. Yeah, um, that's a still a very good defense. Yes, they do take a step down on the road, but it's not like they're playing in an element. They're playing in a dome, and that more probably more favors C.J. Stroud than anything because they'll mm. just be able to sling it. But I I place that futures on on Cleveland, so ah. I, I do like them anyway. Oh, say um, no more. <laughs> but but the the KC game. The Dolphins missing both their linebackers now. They had Brad, didn't have Bradley Chubb last week. They're not going to have him for the playoff run. Right. The offense is banged up. Like Matt said, they're the most banged up team in this postseason. It's hard to go against the Super Bowl champs. Right. Kansas I mean, the Dolphins, you can't have a Chubb in cold weather. I mean, it's just he's not going to be able to play. It's, it's almost impossible. Um, so uh, <laughs> Cleveland, I mean, you got Flacco. <laughs> what? You got Flacco against Stroud. I mean, you want to talk sure. about experience against the rookie. So that, that's going to be the storyline to follow there. And can Joe Flacco keep this up, Ryan? I don't know. I mean, look, the guys he's got a ring. He's won a Super Bowl. So that's going to be a good game. That's a good first game. I think the NFL did a good job scheduling that game first. I also yeah, think and even though Cleveland I was is gonna say it, it, it is indoors. There is, some, uh, there, there is some shrinkage on that line. It's the uh, yeah. shortest line of any game. It is. It is. Yes, it is. All right, let's move on to Sunday. Um, there's a, what's the early game there on Sunday? What is it? Oh, Pittsburgh Steelers Pittsburgh, versus yeah. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I knew that. Um, what do you like there? I mean, both teams, Bills have won five in a row. Mason Rudolph, three and oh, uh, last three. So I, this would be a good game. I kind of, I got to be honest, as a Steeler fan, I wanted to see them play the Chiefs. I wanted the Bills to just stay in Miami. Uh, but I think it's a good matchup. This is going to be a cold weather game. This is Steeler football. It's Bills football. But Josh Allen is going to be good for two turnovers because Minka Fitzpatrick is back. Yes, we lost TJ Watt. Is he, the, is he the defensive player of the year? In my book, and you look at the numbers, yes. Don't say Miles Garrett. Are you thinking Miles Garrett? No, 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 okay, no. I'm going to pull up a, a tweet real All right, quick. bring that up real quick. But anyway, Steelers-Bills, what do you like? 
Uh, I think this one is going to be closer than the numbers suggest. Yeah, I think the weather and the, the, the potential of the turnovers like we saw in the game last week for, for Josh Allen, I think he'll keep it close. I, like, I think the Bills win, but I think that the Steelers do a great job of keeping it close. My, my main thing in this one is that the Steelers have not played a really good quarterback. I'm looking back on their schedule right now since like week 11. You look mm-hmm. at their last uh, handful of games. Last week, they beat Tyler Huntley. Two weeks ago, they beat Drew Locke. They beat Jake Browning the week before. They lost to Gardner Minshew the week before. They lost to Bailey Zappi at that point. And then they, <laughs> they, lost, to, uh, yeah. they <laughs> lost to Kyler Murray in his first game back in week 13. So yeah. it's a good, uh, it's, a good the, point. The Steelers, Steelers kind of backed their way in, but they did it against uh, inferior quarterback play. And, you know, it's a well-coached team. Rah, rah. The Steelers finished with a winning record yet again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, but no one I, makes I, a big deal of that in Pitts. That's outside media, and they, and all the local guys, DK Sports, they're always like, no one in Pittsburgh talks about that. That's all the national media with the Tomlins never had a losing record thing. Pittsburgh, we don't care because we want Super Bowls. But look, I, I, I don't know if the Steelers can win that game, but I just think 10 points is too many points. Are you, are you sure you're missing I, I, Watt? I agree for – what's that? Jay, uh, there was a the tweet this morning from one of the Watt brothers that uh, – no. are, are you sure you're missing uh, a Watt? Hold on, no, hold on, hold on. There's a, there's I know, there's no oh. shot that JJ. No, 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 not this one. But yeah, okay. Well, I, there... I, I will say, Frank. I will say, Frank, and I know you know what I'm what I'm talking about here. The Steelers are going to be buoyed with confidence because the brand new "Here We Go" song just dropped yesterday. Dude, I just sent it for, to my friend. I, yeah, I sent it to a buddy of mine already. Uh, he's going nuts over it. Here we right, go. So you got your... It's the most monotonous song, but it's it's. Yeah, Boswell's toes is in it. Oh, there's J- what are you showing TJ Watt for? That's JJ. Just to show him. Oh, that's JJ. Oh, that's okay. JJ. Oh, that's him in the Watt uniform. Yeah. Oh. But I, Frank, you Frank, you've got friends. I've got some friends in high places as well. Uh, the guy who does those songs, his yeah. name is Roger Wood. Yeah. I went to high school with <laughs> both of his sons. Oh no, you did not. Roger See? Wood. Both of his sons are professional musicians now. His son is a uh, is the tour drummer for Black Bear. Oh my God! I, I know Black Bear. I've seen Black phenomenal. Bear. Well, I got kicked out of a amazing. Black Bear show. He's the best so drummer I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, Roger Wood is is his dad who makes that song every year and has since it yeah. since its inception. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, Here yeah. we go. Oh, that's right. see now he now see you're saying Frank always has a friend that uh, Matt Neverett's doing it now. That's what you you have to have a lot of friends that are connected to stuff like this. Is why Matt's going to be a great host here. Um, Okay, so Green Bay Cowboys, uh, Rams, Detroit's really the marquee matchup, and I don't know why the NFL put the Eagles in Tampa Bay on Monday night. No one cares, but uh, who do you like in those games? Uh, I like the Cowboys. I like the Lions. I like the same, yeah. and it's it's kind of tough to just lay the it's points chalk, with both but home yeah. favorites. Yeah. But I, I think the, the Cowboys are as confident a team as there is in the NFL right now with their recent play and with the health of their roster and with Dak Prescott having an underrated, sneaky, great season. Uh, he, he did a lot of the things that he said he was going to do preseason. He set some pretty public goals before the year and basically knocked every single one of them out of the park and led the Cowboys to a division title. Uh, it's been 20 years since somebody has repeated in the NFC East, which is just just crazy uh, in the modern-day NFL. But uh, the Packers, too, don't really have a lot of star power. I mean, Jordan Love has been, I will say, as advertised this year. He's yeah. been better than a lot of people have yeah, thought. He I, has absolutely. He led Green Bay to the playoffs, and that's – you know, for an organization that that favors long-term playoff success with their quarterbacks, that's all about all you can ask. 
they were one of four teams that didn't have a pro bowler. And I think that that's going to show its ugly head here. I, I think the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys cover. And then again, with that other game, the Lions are flying high. I said the, the Cowboys are yeah. one of the most confident teams. I mean, the Lions could win five games and with Dan Campbell at the helm be the most confident team, at least in the NFC, right? I mean, they have everything to play for. I, I think, uh, you know, Ryan mentioned earlier that when their offense is healthy, it is the, it is the best four-man group in the NFL. Um, with the, the, the two wideouts, Cup and Nakua, Kyron Williams, yeah. and Matt Stafford. Uh, but I, I think that this Lions defense and just their overall vigor, I think it's just too much. They're too intense of a team to have a letdown spot in this situation. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Frank. I like both home favorites. All right. And I don't even care about Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> this is just such a weird one. That Tampa Bay gets to host a playoff game. And uh, Baker Mayfield's a million dollars richer for doing yeah, it. All, about all they that? need to do is make the playoffs. Yeah, how and about got a that? Seven bonus. Good so, for Baker. He, you want to talk about beat up? Baker Mayfield was was limping, Oof. and that was in the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a mess when that game ended. I like the Eagles on the road. It's it's tough to lay points on the road in the playoffs, but I like the Eagles on the money line. I'm seeing like 150, 155 on that. I wow. I, I would lay that. Yeah, it's uh, one for yeah, it's going up. So yeah, I like that one too. All right, well, why don't we just keep Matt around for the last two um, last two things we were going to cover in um, Big Nick Takes, Big Nick Energy. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> All right, so um, we wanted to say we're speaking of football right now. We're going to say happy birthday. It's Ocho Cinco's birthday. Chad Johnson turns, uh, yeah, he turns 56 today. I, of course, you, of course, remember him from the Bengals. I forgot. He actually played for the Dolphins for a little while. Then he went to, yeah. the, then he went to the CFL and played for a couple years, and then he played in the Mexican Football League. But uh, Chad Johnson, that's him behind the camera. Do we have the video or not? I don't. Do we? Do we have it or not? If we don't, that's fine. Very short clip of the Hall of Fame one. Yeah, he could he, probably still suit it up. I'm telling you, the guy's in shape. He's doing commercials. I always, I hate the Bengals, but I always kind of liked him because he, you know, here's him. This is what where he lost a lot of fans and a lot of uh, the head coach Marvin Lewis hated this future Hall of Famer class of 20 whatever. I don't know if he has the stats to get into the Hall of Fame, but that was a no. celebration. He really doesn't, right? No. Uh, no, anyway. I don't think so. I, I I will say he was what made the touchdown dance sexy. He made d dancing after the touchdown yeah. so fun. Yeah. Found new ways. You wanted to watch the game because you a wanted him to score and b wanted to see what he would do. Yeah. You, you never knew. Yeah, if you uh, go to stay on YouTube before you come back. Nope. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a schedule change. Uh, stay Tuesday. on YouTube after the show. Stay on YouTube and just Google Chad Ochocinco uh, dance celebrations because they're all phenomenal. And then the last birthday I wanted to mention today was happy 80th birthday to rock god Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin is 80 years old today. There he is throwing. Wow. It looks like he's, I don't know what he's doing in this picture with his hand. He's like, hello, what's happening? He's got the double neck guitar there. So he wrote some of the greatest riffs. Some of them ripped off from old blues songs. But anyway, Led Zeppelin. And uh, Stairway to Heaven, of course, is the song everyone thinks of with Led Zeppelin. I think we have a little bit. Jerry, you're a big guitar fan. What do you think of Jimmy Page? Are you a Jimmy Page fan? Yeah, he is. I don't know if you've ever heard that this is a Stairway to Heaven, Jerry. You might want to listen up to this. So go ahead and play this uh, the Stairway to Heaven clip here. Do we have the video ready? You don't have it? Oh. Oh, look at that confused. face. I, I sent you a clip last night to play to fool Jerry. I, I, I don't think there was a clip in it. <sighs> I'm all about fooling Jerry when given the opportunity. Well, I was going to play the song Stairway to Seven, uh, which Matt might be familiar with. It's another Steeler fight song, and it was the Steelers climbing to their seventh Super Bowl. And it was, Troy uh, Palomalu. And then at the end, it's, as we win in the playoffs, stand there going for a stairway 
Yeah, that was because uh, you mentioned the Steeler fight song. But anyway, you guys can Google that or you can YouTube it. You can YouTube it. Yeah, it's on there. And I will say, you know, you got all these all these health nuts that have heart attacks in their forties, and then you got a rock god like like Jimmy Page substantiating himself on sex, drugs, and rock and roll for however long, and he gets to be, you know, 89, 90 years old. So I guess that's the real recipe for success, right? Yeah, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's, uh, he's I mean, still to this day, people say he's the most influential guitar player to them. Uh, we didn't get to some baseball stories. We're going to talk about Ted Williams, who's a man's man. The guy got recalled to service today on this day in history. He had already lost three years of his prime, right? But in 1952, they recall him to Korea. He goes over fights, come back, still plays. You want to talk about a career. He lost three years of his prime, ended with, uh, I think, 521 home runs, did not get 3,000 hits, but would have been closer to 4,000 hits had he played those years. And uh, in 1989, Johnny Bench and Carl Yastrzemski both voted to the Hall of Fame. Johnny Bench, the best catcher in baseball history. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll die on that hill. Uh, I know Roy Campanella was great. There's Pudge, but, but Bench changed the game. He was the best, and he also hosted the baseball bunch. And then Carl Yastrzemski, yes, I remember watching him play. That's how old... But he was like, he looked, I thought he was like 55 years old. He was only in his late 30s back then. But I had a baseball card, and I remember the print. I had a Carl Yastrzemski baseball card, and all the stats were so small because he had been in the league so long. And I just thought that was the coolest baseball card. And, of course, the 78 Red Sox choked. Was it 77 or 78? 78 when Bucky Dent hit the home run. 78, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so there was some baseball notes. And last but not least, now, you guys live in Vegas. Does anyone have any run-ins or Pete Rose stories? Because on this day in sports history – um, oh, yeah. In 1991, Pete Rose was banned from the Hall of Fame. So you have a Pete Rose story? Oh, I, uh, I do, and him? my dad does. My, my dad used to host a radio show with him way back in the no day. Way. I think it was, it was when it was the um, uh, Imperial Palace, which is now the link <laughs> yeah. out here. Yeah, uh, I used to host his, his show from there, and Pete Rose would come on as a, as a co-host every now and then. The only interaction that I have with, with Pete Rose outside of – he did come out to the ballpark out here in Summerlin last year to film something for a uh, – I think it was a Tommy John documentary that they were oh, doing wow. about him. So I got a chance to just say hi to him in passing there. But I had met him in person for the first time. I was 17, was going uh, to go visit a couple of colleges, getting recruited to play some very low-level baseball. And um, <laughs> I was in the Pittsburgh airport at 6 a.m., chalk another one up there. Um, <laughs> and I'm on the, the tram on the way to the terminal, and I'm with my dad. And who do I see sitting there by himself with his distinctive – stupid white hat that he always wears. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was Pete Rose. Wow. And I was, and I, I told him what I was doing, told him what I was traveling for. He was genuinely interested. And then we had a, about a 15 minute conversation at the gate talking about Kevin Euclid. It was when he, when he was still playing. <laughs> I mean, we talked batting stances. Wow. We talked approaches. It was one of the coolest interactions I've ever had with a former athlete. Well, Pete Rose, who I hated, I hated because he was always, but I emulated him. I used to spike the ball in little league opponent. I'd, I'd spike the ball in the last out. And then if I got, if I walked, which happened a lot, cause I was small, like uh, an Eddie Goodell, like uh, batting. Uh, I know you know who that is. That's the yeah the number number three eighths. There you go. He was uh, St. Louis Browns. Bill Veck pinch hit um, a small person, a little person, and he walked on four pitches in the major leagues. And then they said you can't do that anymore. But anyway, when I would walk, Pete Rose would run to first base, and I would do that too. So anyway, great stuff, Matt. We appreciate it. We're very excited to have you as uh, a two day a week host. Uh, on Sports by the Book starting next week. And then what's this with Mike Vrabel here? You have a little something you want to throw up? Well, there? no, just when we mentioned it with Matt, we yeah. were going to yeah, show that he did get fired from the Titans this morning. Yeah, he did get fired. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Yeah, I thought I thought that was known. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I thought that was understood. It put together down. a couple different things. I thought it was understood like we'd have the stairway to seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, I was trying to keep it sound like, you know, we have that thing for Jerry, and you were like, yeah, yeah, but okay, it doesn't matter. 
Anyway, Matt, excellent job. You gave out some picks tonight. We have Purdue. You have uh, Houston. Purdue, Houston, and uh, the third team right there. There and it is. Baylor. And Baylor. And Baylor. So that's good. That's three Matt picks. We're going to find out how they do tonight. I like them. I like them a lot. Matt's been on fire with his college picks. So there you go. That's what we're here for, to talk sports and have a little entertaining conversation. Matt, you were a home run as usual. Thank you very much. Ryan, Jerry, Ann, and Drew Dog in the house. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Thursday, Kevin Belenkoff. Friday, Dave Damashek is back. Tomorrow will be another good show. Please come back. Make sure you share with your friends. We're over 1,000 subscribers, and our clicks keep going up, and that's because of you. We have the most active chat room. We really appreciate all you regulars for stopping in. So thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Congrats, Matt. Thanks for spitting those Matt stats. Thank you for watching Punchlines Lines live in Nevada every show.